0: This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, all right, everybody. Thank you. And welcome back to episode number nine of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I'm in Los Angeles, and I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I bring you information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not podcasting, strictly speaking, about the law. Uh, My guest today is Samuel Partita, Jr. He was in private practice as an Illinois criminal defense attorney for about three years, following a stint in the state attorney's Uh, assistant as an uh, assistant state's attorney for about nine years. He's prosecuted or defended uh, just about every kind of state criminal charge Illinois has everything from traffic offenses to murders. Sam is also a former recipient of his region's Litigator of the Year Award and is the founder of IllinoisCaseLaw.com, as well as the creator of the Criminal Nuggets podcast. Samuel's focus has recently changed from litigating in court to educating other attorneys, so he's sort of semi-retired and taking a sabbatical of sorts from practice and looking at these other things. Samuel Partita, Jr., thank you so much for being with us.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. It's exciting.
0: It's great to have you. So tell us a little bit about IllinoisCaselaw.com.
1: IllinoisCaselaw.com is a website and podcast that is designed to try to get Illinois practitioners up to speed as quickly as possible on the recent decisions coming out of the Illinois uh, appellate courts and the Supreme Court, all dealing with, uh, with uh, in particular, criminal cases as opposed to all the other types of cases that they're passing decisions
0: on Mm -hmm. so you sort of advanced sheets on the web kind of thing
1: (laughs) right now yeah it's basically advanced sheets on the website but really the focus of the website is the podcast and to try to deliver uh, a podcast episode twice a week anywhere between seven to maybe 15 minutes where I I get to the meat get to the nugget if you will of the decision and and get it to the attorneys as fast as possible.
0: Well, that's fantastic. And so the, the podcast is called The Criminal Nuggets Podcast. When did you start doing that?
1: The Criminal Nuggets, that podcast, I started in um, late July of this year, 2014. Okay. I had experimented with a previous podcast before that.
0: Uh huh. Tell me about that a little bit.
1: All right. So the the earlier podcast was me literally just playing with the – with the media, playing with the venue, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out what it was all about. And that one was ju- just titled, the part, of, what was the exact name was Partita for the People oh. podcast. So I was, <laughs> you know, just branded it as myself, basically. Gotcha. And I was kind of doing a similar thing. It was a longer formatted show where I would j- just talk about a particular area issue of the criminal law. I was, um, I didn't have a, like, it, it it was focused in the sense that it was just dealing with the criminal law, but I didn't narrow it down in any way beyond that. Okay.
0: Got it. So, um, what was it that first sort of led you? How did you discover podcasting? What made you decide to do it as a podcaster rather than just a listener?
1: I think, you know, I was trying, just thinking back, I think I came across podcasts in the same way that I think a lot of people are going to start discovering them and have discovered them in the past. And that is just messing around with uh, the iPhone uh, I found that uh, the you know the purple app what the heck is this yeah. never knew what a podcast was i in any time you find something new on a phone you're gonna you're gonna experiment around with it play around with it and then I quickly found um something called um econ talk which is and I'm not an economist, I'm a physics and a math guy by by you know and obviously a lawyer, but yeah. those are my undergraduate majors. But I was always kind of interested in the economy or economics, found this, this uh, economist by the name of Ross Rob- Ross, Russ Roberts, who does a podcast by the name of Econ Talk. And I just felt like I was picking up so much from uh, from the podcast. I was literally felt myself learning. Um, and that kind of got me started on it. Then uh, there's a one out there called the Hardcore History. You know, It's, it's for history buffs. And again, I just was amazed at the progress I felt myself making it It's kind of like when you take a good course in college and mm-hmm. you remember when you walked into the course how you knew nothing and when you walk out you know so much. I was gaining that experience just from these podcasts, and that's kind of what turned my light on to uh, to the to the medium
0: very cool so did you get set up yourself? Are you a techie geek kind of do it yourself or did you get some help with that
1: i So I'm a technical guy by background. I'm a a math minor with a physics major. But I was that one kid in my courses that had no programming skills, never had a really never never took apart computers the way all my other classmates had done. So in that sense, I was not really a tech. I didn't have that experience. So, no, when my first computer that I ever bought was a Mac, just because it was easy. Right. I didn't I didn't have to do all the other they didn't have to learn how to program and talk to the thing it would just do what you wanted it to do. Um so that kind of kept me away from it at first. I knew it kept me away from a lot of the programming and that, and eventually that's what got me out of physics because um any advanced degree in physics going to require a lot more programming skills and I just didn't I didn't have the skills probably couldn't invest the time in it but um went to law school instead. <laughs> um so I guess to answer the question, no, I didn't technically have not a techie by nature, but you know, once once I discovered WordPress, I was, I was a, it was for mm-hmm. many other people, it was easy for me to jump into it at that point.
0: Okay, what about the recording gear and stuff like that? What do you use? Tell us about your.
1: So my gear is pretty. I'm going. I went with the keep it simple philosophy. I, I bought what is the the ATR? I think the Technica microphone. The like, Audio right? Technica, yeah, the the that's Audio Technica, mark. yeah. In once I set it up I clearly saw the difference between like the built-in mic and it, it's great. So I got that, I got it connected to an arm just so that it just to keep it off the table cuz I found myself bumping it all the time and you would hear the static coming up from that. Mm-hmm. I do have a mixer, mm-hmm. but it's it's like it's the most simplest simple mixer, four channels. I only use it to roll in my intros and my outros and I figured if I ever did want to start doing interviews it, it, I might need it for that. Great. turns out I probably don't, but I like the format that I have. It's real easy and I
0: record right into my, my computer uh-huh. uh, and that's basically it and that, that's the whole show. Okay. So talk about the benefits that you've uh, seen from the show. How many episodes are you into now? I am into 23, okay. 23 episodes and I'm doing two a week. So that's been going on since, as you said, the sort of beginning of summer. How, how's it going and, and how's it benefiting you?
1: It's, well, here's here's the benefit, because I was at a crossroads, so um, we could get into that. And the crossroad was, uh, you know, get out of the day-to-day litigation that I was in trying criminal cases mm-hmm. um, and, and do something else with my law degree. And I, what I'm trying to do, what I'm beginning to do is transition from that day-to-day grind of litigating criminal trials, criminal cases, yeah into more just educating attorneys and using using the tools that are out there uh, to, to accomplish the second goal. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. I'm at the point where I don't I don't even go to court anymore. I, I started off as a trickle, hung on to a few cases so that I could focus more, play around with, uh, with the technology. Mm-hmm. But even that, and I, I think most attorneys, if you have 10 cases, you're going to give, you know, Ten hours of of you're gonna whatever yeah. time you think you have you're gonna throw it into those cases. It's really hard enough, and that's the and that's the situation I was in. Even though I was I was cutting down the cases, I was still putting the time into them. Yeah. Um, so then I realized you just gotta I just had to cut the cord and and turn them all
0: down. Yeah, that that workload and the sense of responsibility for your clients really sort of expands to fill as much time as you can possibly give it. Isn't it that's exactly right. exactly so. What were some of the hardest the hurdles that you've had to overcome in setting up and getting your show going?
1: Um, I, I, at first it was well it so I resigned, right? I resigned mm-hmm. I was a, I was a working in the office mm-hmm. to resign when I was in that environment it's just the time. Sure. It's just the time and this huge sense of guilt that I always had if I if I devoted anything that wasn't on building the practice building clients for the company or, or working the cases. If I, if I wasn't doing anything other than that, I would feel guilty. Yeah. And the podcasting was kind of, it was fun. You know, I, I, I saw a huge benefit in it. I saw that it could benefit myself and the practice, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get over the fact that, Hey, you know, it's kind of just for me. <laughs> I, I'm doing it. I want to do it cause it's fun. And it didn't feel any different, like just like taking an afternoon off and going to a game or something, you know, I, so I mentally, I couldn't make that commitment. I see. Okay, but I got, I got over it. Obviously, I quit. My, quit my job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, well, that's the big the big objection. So, talk about the time now that you're you're doing this. Well, tell us a little bit about your workflow and how much time you put into getting the show together. You said you do two sort of quarter hour episodes per week. Yeah.
1: Correct. Yeah. So my my workflow, what I do, because I was one of those guys. Once I started having the time, I mean, I was one of the guys that. I was one of those guys that always wanted to keep up with the case law. But again, I never really could because of all the other time commitments. So then once I started freeing up a little bit of my day, then I found myself digging into the cases a little bit more, mm-hmm. more deeply the way I always wanted to. So I was I kind of w- was doing the reading, doing that homework, if you will. Sure. sure. So once I once I've caught up on a case, what I what I do now is I just summarize it like typical law school summary, you know, background analysis, that type of stuff. And I put it together in a, um, what is that, a Google Doc. Sure. And then when I just gather those up, there's no really set time schedule. And then when I'm ready to record, I'll sit down, I'll take one day, and I'll knock out like 10 or 15 shows in a day. Wow. And I'll go back and I'll look at my notes from the reviews. And then that's when the show comes together. I'll put together bullet points of these, you're literally pulling out the nuggets. This is what other attorneys need to know. And then uh, I just
0: knock the shows out that way. So batching things a little bit gets you uh, a lot of bang for your buck. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. Do you have any any helpers on the on the project or anything like that? You have the team working with you on the summaries, or is it all you? It's all me.
1: I do see the value in in uh, opening it up to um, you know to the helpers, having people. Do at least some of the processing once the recordings are done. Right now, it's all on me. I think once I get to a point, if I'm going to monetize, once I start monetizing, I think I'm going to definitely uh, start looking into that. But right now, it's just a one man show. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, my own, my other show is called Entertainment Law Update, and it's a uh, me and a and a co host, and we do a monthly roundup of legal news, an hour long roundup of the news stories in the entertainment field. Uh, for the previous month. And we use a team of uh, law students who as volunteers are, uh, you know, helping out, put the summaries together, helping us identify the stories that are worth doing. Now, it's not all case law, but uh, that might be a format you want to look at and, uh, um, you know, sort of manage the team and (laughs) and then show up and do the show. You know, there's definitely an idea there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, okay, so you prepare the show, Google document, then you you sit down and you record, and then do you post it all at the same time as well? or I mean, or, or you're are you letting it trickle out onto the onto the? Web?
1: Yeah, I let them trickle out. So I'll gather the shows and that, and then I won't even put the show notes together once the recordings are done because mm-hmm. then I just play around. i see I see what kind of discussions I'm having online if there's any particular issues attorneys want to know about. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have a library of. Recorded shows that I pick from, and then I'll, once the show is done, the notes build themselves together. got the, the yeah, show notes yeah. come together. It's just a matter of sitting down and getting it done.
0: So you you have this this engagement. It sounds like with with your listenership uh, and and the community at large. I guess.
1: Correct, correct. So I'm on. What are the you know the big ones? Uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. Google Plus, and uh, my bar association. My state bar association has a listserv. Uh, okay. Cool and i'm getting a i get a lot of questions just coming out of
0: those three mm-hmm. those three mm-hmm. sources gotcha okay so um um i lost my train of thought i apologize uh, so what do you think is it, i mean has this been worth your time it sounds like you're you're enjoying it and finding it uh, rewarding are you doing anything to monetize you mentioned you haven't yet monetize. What are you going to do? I
1: have not monetized yet. And I figure right now my focus is just building the audience, seeing what the numbers are, what they can turn into. Mm -hmm. I figure if there's a steady, consistent audience, then the monetization is, it should, should, you know, fall into place. Just thinking out loud what I would like to do, start generating CLE courses aimed specifically at uh, criminal defense attorneys. That's one idea, but I, you know, that's just if you know. it's just speaking off the top of my head.
0: <laughs> um, okay, uh, so you mentioned your numbers a little bit. Can you talk about that a little? Uh, so you've been doing this what 13, 14 weeks now?
1: Correct. Yeah, sure. Where are you? I, so right now, what I have, what I would say is, I have reliably anywhere between sixty to eighty, um, and I mean with, within the three, the first three days after it showed, between yeah. anywhere between sixty to eighty. Uh, listeners, okay. And, you know, it, it ranges. Some of, the, some of the shows can go above 100 and some of them could be below 60. It just kind of depends. But on average, it's anywhere between 60 to 80. So that, you know, I know there's a lot of you know, there's podcasts with bigger numbers, but to me, that's, you know, 60 to 80 people that are sitting there thinking, what the heck is Sam going to talk about today? Um, so yeah. I'm doing what I can to you know keep them informed.
0: You know, anytime people start talking about their numbers and, and talk about only this many listeners or, or something like that, I, I, I have to remind them. I you, you've got the right mindset about this. But I have to remind them, you know, look, if you were standing in the front of a room on a stage and you had 60 people sitting in chairs in an audience waiting to listen to what you had to say, I think you'd probably consider that a pretty good thing. Um, you know, especially if you've only been doing this for a few months. Um, so – you know, having that many people downloading twice a week, listening to your show, that's, that's fantastic.
1: And yeah. And that's, that's what I was, especially with such a technical background. And that was always my concern. Is anybody going to, I guess that's any podcaster's concern. Does anybody really care? You know, well, why anybody show up
0: and the value of niching it down, you know, into, into something as fine as the criminal nuggets podcast or, or uh, something like that um, means that you, yes, you reach a smaller number of people, but they're intensely interested in what you're talking about. So, exactly. Yeah. So, what do you th- what What do you have as a sort of favorite moment? You've been in, at this for a few months. Anything really fun <laughs> come about as, as a result of this?
1: Favorite moment? I've I've met at least two pure listeners, attorneys that I n- I never knew, never ran into in my practice that I only came across through my podcast, and they were s- so interested in what I was doing in the, just general. They were. S- so eager for criminal law information that they were taking they were willing to take the time take me out to lunch sit me down and talk to me. I mean to me it was also extremely valuable because I got to have one-on-one conversations with with my audience with mm-hmm. you know I was asking questions like so you know what kind of shows are you interested in what what is what do you want to see what's good about the show what's bad what can I change. And I think these for me what the attorneys were looking for was just you know, why am I doing this? What's going on with my other practice? Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, you know, what d- we talked about whether or not a podcast was in, in their practice interest. You know, is that something that they should do? Oh, so, I mean, that was exciting.
0: Cool. What um, What's in your future? What do you think is, is it, where do you think this is going? And are you going to go back into practicing litigating or what do you think?
1: No, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, dive deeper into these mediums. I mean, one or two things going to happen with uh, the podcast. It's either going to be able to be monetized, which is great, and then I will follow that avenue, or it's not, and I'm going to figure out and, and discover why not and, and change it accordingly and then alter my path. Okay. Um, so that's kind of, I definitely see myself sticking with it, whether or not it becomes it's me just helping other attorneys kind of, you know, do what I'm doing, Or else me just producing online products, courses for for CLE credits Mm -hmm. and going that route. Um, But I think I'm definitely going to be, in one way or another, going to be podcasting uh, for attorneys.
0: That's great. That's great. Do you think – so as a lawyer marketing tool – now, you're not using it, strictly speaking, to market a law practice. But what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that podcasting is a, a useful, valuable thing that lawyers can adopt?
1: And this is me looking back at the, uh, the attorney that I was. I didn't want to make the, the sacrifice. I didn't want to take the time. What I could, what I would tell that guy is, yeah, look, it might be fun. You might just be curious about it. You may be wanting to do it on your own. Uh, but you're going to be helping the practice in the way that you want to help them by generating more business, uh, You know, being out, being out in the community and making your, your firm look more prestigious to other attorneys and to potential clients by doing the legwork to becoming an expert in producing podcasts and and putting good shows together. So I would definitely tell that guy, tell myself, tell other attorneys, put the time into it. It's it's going to, you know, it's, you're going to, you're spending money on marketing one way or another. um, And this is one of the quickest, fastest, most efficient ways to start marketing yourself as the expert that you are in your field. Why wouldn't you want to take that opportunity?
0: Well, that was sort of answering my next question, which is what advice would you offer a lawyer who's just getting started in podcasting? Anything on the on the technical, organizational, other kinds of aspects of things?
1: On the, on the more just recording side, I think the most important thing – and look, I I'm, if you count my current podcast with my other ones, I'm more than 40 shows sure. under my belt. But even now, I'm just realizing – and only now i'm just beginning to just be more comfortable be myself and that would that's the advice just be yourself if you're marketing to towards the general public to your clients you know it's not about legalese it's not about using the latin terms talk to them talk to them like normal people the way you would talk to your brother-in-law at a at a party or something like that If if you're aiming if you're trying to talk to attorneys it's the same it's the same advice attorneys don't uh You know, attorneys are people too. They get they fall asleep if the terms get too technical. You can talk to them like they're intelligent, but on the the other hand, you know, if they want a legal book, they know how to find one. They don't. They don't need you to just to regurgitate the words that are in one. So just be natural, be yourself. um, You know, talk, record the way you would talk as opposed to the way you would write a, a legal brief.
0: That's probably my best advice. I think that's great advice. Yeah. One of the things I like to uh, recommend is, you know, sort of come up with a, a mental picture, an avatar of who that sort of ideal, whether it's a client or referral source or whatever that you're that you're counting on as your audience. And imagine that you're speaking to that one person. Yes, you're speaking into a microphone and there's all this sort of, you know, intermediation of equipment and technology and stuff like that, but ultimately you're having a conversation with somebody and you, you want to try to sort of think of what they're how they're responding and reacting to what you're saying and, and tailor your message to that ideal. And uh, everybody will think you're talking directly to them.
1: <laughs> no, I agree. And like I said, I am discovering that pretty late. In, just recently, back when I first started, it was more like this is going to be recorded. This is going to be part of, you know, it's out there. So it made it, it felt more like a book, more like a legal brief. Yeah. And I needed to be super technical about it. I've wiped that away and it's no, it's you're, you're talking to people. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anything else you want to add before we uh, wrap things up?
1: No, this was this was great. I, I I found you. I was on a I was out there hunting for uh, for other legal podcasters, and I came across your show, which interviews legal podcasters. So I felt like I hit a gold mine with it. Um, it there's enough example. There's there's enough examples out there for no matter what type of show you think you want to do, you're there's there's somebody out there probably doing it. Just got to dig, and you'll and you'll probably find it.
0: And and yet, it is still a small enough uh, penetration in the market that that there's room for more lawyers to come into this and in podcast and and really uh, sort of make a great impression. You know, it's not like everybody has a web page, <laughs> but right, uh, not everybody has a podcast. So it's really a great way to to sort of hold oneself out as as the expert in a field, and that's great. Absolutely. Samuel, this has been a really terrific interview. Thank you so much for your time. I have learned a great deal about you and about what you're doing. I'm sure it's been good for the listeners as well. And I'm just very grateful for your taking the time to join me. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Tell the listeners how they can reach you and find your shows and your website and all that jazz.
1: The best way to get to me is just by starting at my website, illinoiscaselaw.com. On the sidebar there, you'll see the links to all my to the show either through iTunes or Stitcher, and all my social media buttons are going to be there as well.
0: Okay, terrific. So that's IllinoisCaseLaw.com. Correct. Okay. I'm going to say thanks again to our listeners as well. Please take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the website. That's at lawpodcaster.com. And uh, a review on the iTunes store would be very welcome or any other marketplace that that allows for reviewing of podcasts. Please share your thoughts on the show and share them with me as well. I'd like to keep it improving. And uh, that's going to about wrap it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. And uh, if you're interested in podcasting for your practice, please visit lawpodcasting.com and I'll send you the free Law Podcasters Resource Guide. And until next time, I'll say, keep on podcasting.